When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back here on the block. I'm off Norman. Joined by Stricky and Tricky Nicky. Stricky and Tricky Nicky. And Austin's already using that nickname. That's not good. That is that is a great. It's better than the nickname Sip gave me earlier this week. (laughs) What was that one? Don't want to talk about Big Swim. Big Slim. Big Swim. Oh, Big Swim. I was was wearing a bright blue blue polo. Yeah. And he's like, "You look like a big swimming pool." Uh Oh. <laughs> I, think I wanted to call you Big Swim. Wow. Yeah, so. Come on, it is. Sip. It is what it is. But anyway. Let's all right. Uh, Nick is in here for a very distinct purpose, and it's what we Not tease lot, during yeah. happy hour. So here's going to be the format. Strick will give you the honors of, of leading off with your speed, your ability you to go the other way. Uh, you know, hit doubles, steal bases, all that stuff. We like you leading off. Um, Nick, you want to go? I'm probably a better two hole hitter. I'm probably the bunner. Okay. You, you can go third. That's fine. Best all yeah, around hitter. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go third. Strick, then me, then <coughs> Nick. We're gonna do it one position at a time. Okay. Our dream MLB infields, yeah. including catchers. Strick is using players from the nineties and the two thousands. Nick and I are doing twenty tens and twenty twenties. If you have your dream infield from a certain decade, let us know. Four oh two, four six four, five, six, eight, five. All right, Stricky, lead us off with your catcher. Well, my catcher, it, this was a tough one. For my era, it was, you know, one, a lot of people knew Yvonne Pudge Rodriguez. That was, that was one of the great ones to do it. But mm-hmm. I think there was a, one a little bit better. And I would have to put Mike Piazza. Ooh, oh, nice. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Mike Piazza is my catcher. Um, this guy was a long-term, long-time third base. Uh, says, oh, I'm sorry. Do one go position. Ahead. One position. Time. Oh, okay. Position Let's go. So Mike Piazza. Mike Piazza. How, how close was it? Coin flip? Um, I, I just think once I went down and started looking at the wars and looking at, you know, the OPS and, and, and you just, he just was a little bit better. That was just what kind of edged me out for him. Catcher was tough for me as well, because I think the two guys that are the slam dunk options for this in the 2010s and 2020s are guys I have personal vendettas against for different reasons. It, It came down to Yachty Molina or Buster Posey. Yep. It really did. I'm going to go with Buster Posey because I think Yachty, as much as he did in the 2010s, even into the early 2020s, I am going to say that he did enough before the 2010s and 20s to give Buster Posey the nod. That's where Buster Posey made his hay, uh, played 12 years, missed that one year with injury after the collision at the plate, opted out of the COVID year. But 
Buster Posey with the, the rookie of the year, uh, high up in MVP voting all the time. It's kind of splitting hairs between the two of them. I get it. Yachty did it for longer. Yachty probably had the better career overall. But for the 2010s and 2020s specifically, give me Buster Posey and his three rings. I'm going to take Yadier Molina as much as it pains me <laughs> as, a, as a Chicago Cubs fan and an NL Central member to take Yadier Molina. It's hard for me to bet against nine-time All-Star. Uh, hard for me to bet against, what is it, seven or eight gold gloves mm -hmm. that Yadier Molina's had. Um, finished, has a couple silver sluggers as well. The He was the definition, especially later in his career, of just the... When we see uh, Wilson Contreras, obviously for the Cubs, that's one I think about. Need a lot of rest, right? Mm -hmm. Yadi Molina, that that wasn't the case with Yadi. That just Ooh. wasn't the case with Yadi. That dude was out there, 150 if not 160 games a year, and stayed healthy for a lot of his career. Was a serviceable enough bat towards the later stages of his career, but man, that 2010 through, or I should say, like 20 2009 to 2015 time of Yadi Molina was just really, really, really talented and really annoying for opponent you know opponents so i'm gonna go with yadi as much as it kills me on the first base tricky oh wow okay first base for me in that era in that time i'm going to have to look at the great frank thomas nice. frank thomas big hit hurt. over 300 big hurt hit over 320 uh uh hitting percentage um you know, although McGuire had more homers than he did, he still was a 300 uh, home run guy, but he hit more RBIs at 1,040, and he had a better war. He had a better war than uh, McGuire overall. So I, I have to look at that. But the Big Hurt also had back-to-back uh, -back AL MVP awards in 93 and 94. You have to just look at what the Big Hurt did uh, throughout that, not just hitting homers, but also just his overall game. I love it. I don't love it because he was a White Sox player, yeah. uh, but I do love the pick. First base, I think there was a lot of competition. This was probably the toughest one for me, even more so than uh, Posey versus Molina. To me, it came down to, I think, really two and a half guys in the end. Albert Pujols, Miguel Cabrera, and Joey Votto. Yeah. Paul Goldschmidt, I don't think, has quite enough to get there. He might have you know, the second or third best career by the time it's all said and done. Pete Alonzo has been honestly a little up and down. I think he's under the radar a little bit Probably too young. not going to be with the Mets for very much longer. No, and Matt Olson so. hasn't done it long enough. You yeah. know, he's tearing it up this year. Um, I'm going to ultimately land on Albert Pujols. Votto has the high average in some home runs. Cabrera, obviously a great hitter. But Pujols was sneaky underrated with the glove. On top of the 703 home runs, on top of um, even like... I get it. I'm discounting quite a bit of his Cardinals tenure by doing 2010s and 20s. He still hit when he went to Anaheim. He didn't forget how to do it. He still hit even in Los Angeles as he's a righty pinch hitter coming off the bench for the most part. So, yeah, give, give me Albert Pujols at first base. I was choosing between Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols as well, and I gave the edge to Albert for everything that Austin just said. So. Now we can pretty make, easy. Yeah, simple. simple. I, I really, I, you know, cause like when you do these lists, I wanted to like go, all right, player value to a team as well. And like, yes, Albert Pujols was huge to the Cardinals. And, and then obviously when he eventually went to Anaheim, but I'll ask you this, is there any, any first baseman? And this is trying to take my Cubs bias aside. Mm -hmm. Any first baseman in that time that mattered more to an organization and a team and a fan base than Anthony Rizzo. I, I I mean, if you think about 108, you know, 100 plus years, 
he's there. He's the staple when they finally get the World Series. I, I think to a fan base, when you when you include all that, the stats. I mean, the stats are impressive, but not anywhere near Albert or Miguel Cabrera or even Joey Votto for that matter. But when you take about when when I take into consideration like player value, mm-hmm. I think Anthony Rizzo is pretty close to the top. Rizzo's there, depending on if you put Ortiz at DH or first yep, base, he's point. in there. That's a good point. I would also throw Hosmer in there from what he was yeah. thought about as a prospect. And as much as we in Nebraska love the Alex Gordon home run in game one, Hosmer going home from third on mm-hmm. the throw that got yanked wide is probably still the most iconic play of that World Series. Yeah. And what will be remembered for? I just that's that's where it's like obviously the statistics aren't there. Um, Let me ask you this: as a Cubs fan, was it Rizzo's team or Bryant's team? Rizzo, okay, in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat, Rizzo. Uh, Chris Bryant also. It's really sad. He's been he has just hasn't been able to stay healthy. It's crazy because I was pretty pretty bummed out when when that trio got traded of Javier Baez, Anthony Rizzo. And Chris Bryant, because they got basically got like a sack of potatoes for him. They didn't really get anything. Mm-hmm. They still like none of the guys that they have gotten. The only one that's showing promise is a guy in AAA, and it's Pete Crow Armstrong, their number one prospect, who they got for out of those three, Javier Baez, um, which is kind of crazy uh, in the, from the New York Mets organization. So, you know, when you look at, I, I guess, just what the Cubs front office did in that situation. They trade away Chris Bryant, who can't stay healthy now, unfortunately in Colorado signed an extension with the Rockies, which was questionable. Mm-hmm. Um, and he obviously got traded to the giants and during that deadline, but now with the Rockies, but then Rizzo who hasn't been all that successful with the Yankees. And now come to find out that the Yankees played him for two weeks while he had a concussion. <laughs> like you just didn't know he had a concussion. And then, you know, obviously Javier Baez swings at everything on this side of the planet Earth. So, you know, it's fine. Second base, Rick. Uh, For second base, I'm going to go with Ozzie Smith. Makes sense. Ozzie Smith, Hall of Famer, uh, 13 consecutive Gold Glove awards uh, during his time with the Cardinals and made an all-star 15 of 19 years. I mean, second base or shortstop? uh, He played second, too. Okay. You're throwing there? Okay. Okay. You're fudging a little bit? Yeah, I'm going to put him over there. How about that? I respect yeah. it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it, Austin. Uh, second base for me was one of the easier ones. I didn't think there was as many names. Um, Jose Altuve, Dustin Pedroia, and Ian Kinsler were the guys that I landed on. Ian Kinsler had a sneaky, underrated career. He was kind of the heartbeat of those early 2010s Rangers teams, and I really liked him. He was still okay by the time, or I mean, Detroit, his tenure there as well. Um, Pedroia, another one of those heartbeat guys for the Red Sox, but fell off super quick. I'm going to go Jose Altuve. Wow. I, I'm going to go Jose Altuve. His ability to put bat to ball. I get the whole Astros cheating thing, but even before that, think about, you know, this five foot nothing guy making his way up from nothing, swinging at everything, making good contact with enough power, solid defense, kind of embodied what it was mm-hmm. that Houston tanked for, and it worked out. So Jose Altuve is my pick at second. I'm actually going to go with a guy that was not in that list. He played for the New York Yankees, Robinson Cano. Strictly for what he did where you're going, from man. 2010 to 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, finished top five in the MVP voting all four of those years. Uh, finished or got an all-star nod all four of those years. Gold glove, three out of the four, if I remember correctly. Silver slugger was all four years. The guy was a machine for New York from 2000, like towards the back end of 2009 to 2014. Um, and beyond, he just didn't have the accolades necessarily. But I think he finished fifth in MVP voting three out of the four or excuse me, one out of those four years and then inside the top four in the remaining. So I, I think I'm going to go Robinson Cano. I like the Ian Kinsler pick though. 
I yeah, yeah, I like the Ian Kinsler pick a lot. One, one of those here's a guy. Yeah. All right, Stricky, you put Ozzy Smith at second base, so it makes me really curious about where you went at shortstop. Well, I'm going to stay with the Yankees. I'm going with Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter winning five Gold Glove awards uh, for the Yankees, 12 All Star appearances, seven times uh, finished in the top ten in AL uh, MVP voting. I just you know, when you think of pinstripes back in that time frame, you definitely had to think about Derek, Derek Jeter and his leadership of that team and those runs that they made uh, for the pennant. You also had to think about how overrated he was. Well, that, that's what you say. Ooh. That's what the numbers say. Hello. Hello. I think he's a winner. I, he, he played a winner. for a long time. That's why he put up counting stats, and he's not in the MVP discussion if he doesn't play in New York. Oh. Interesting. Wow. I'm yeah. learning a lot about Austin here. That's, that's, Austin's, Austin's going to go Altini's <laughs> Escobar. Literally, though. No, okay, so I, I did need some help in putting yeah. this together just yeah. because I had to factor in the 2010s as well. Not a lot going on. MLB.com uh, did a you know, top 10 at each position of the yeah. decade list back in 2019. Their number one was Elvis Andrews. I saw, I, and I, yeah. I don't think I can do that. Like, what about Elvis Andrews tells you he's the best shortstop of the decade? Like, he's a good player. He's a fine player. I just can't. How much, I, was, it, uh, how much was it because he was right next to Adrian Beltre? I think that's a big part of it. Gotcha. Number two on that list is Andrelton Simmons. Yeah. Who may as well gone up there with his hands empty, but was Ozzie Smith level defensively. And that's not overstating it. He was that good. Doesn't feel like, you know, the shorts up of the decade Tulowitzki got hurt, you know, <sighs> yep. a guy that was really good at his peak, but didn't play a lot. And that brings me to number four on this list. And I think where I land is Francisco Lindor. Uh, from both his time with the Indians and now with the Mets as well. The other guys in that conversation yeah. for me were Trey Turner and Corey Seager. Uh, Lindor's played 200, 300 more games than both of those guys. Um, has 10 more wins above replacement than both of those guys. Um, counting stats are in his favor, again, having played longer. Seager in the rate stats is a little better, a little better OPS, better OPS plus. Turner, I think, is somewhere in between. But for mm -hmm. the the whole time, Lindor has been pretty durable you know, contract with the Mets, you know, but I beg to differ. I have to disagree with that. Lindor. No, I'm just messing. <laughs> you should, you should. I, I took too low. I took okay. too low. Okay. Um, I think I, what, we're, what we're finding out is a lot. When these guys get traded, a lot of times their careers go downhill. Mm -hmm. Right. And they find that themselves in a really good situation and they get, they get dealt and not as good of a situation or experience, you know, from then on out. So I went to Witsky. He, he did really, I mean, he was really special from like 2009 to, to 20, what was it? 2013 or 2014 mm -hmm. um, all-star cup, multi-time all-star, like four or five times uh, finished MVP or top 10 and MVP voting a few times. Troy Tulowitzki, um, th those teams with like Troy and cargo, were really, really fun to watch with the Colorado mm -hmm. Rockies. Like they weren't necessarily phenomenal by any, any, any stretch of the imagination, but he was fun to watch. Um, I did not like the Elvis Andrews or even Andrelson Simmons. I also would take Francisco Lindor as an Indian. I would not take Francisco Lindor as a Met. Sure. I would stay away from that. I'll add this on too low. I was worried when the blue Jays got him in 2015. Well, you I thought he was going to be a piece that pushed him over the end. They got they got Tulo and they got Jose Reyes. Yeah. at the same time they mm -hmm. dragged. That was another guy on that uh, on that uh, Colorado Rockies, yeah. the DJ LeMahieu as mm -hmm. well. But um, that was what's crazy is that they got Jose Reyes, and that was potentially when they had David Price too. Yes, and mm -hmm. it, you were looking at this team going, "Dang, this team has uh, Jose Batista." Like mm -hmm. this team has a lot of the pieces, and thankfully they just you know did not pan out so Troy Tulowitzki is he still at Texas 
Is he still a hitting coach for know. Texas? I know he was there a couple years ago. He was there when they were in the College World Series two years ago. Yeah. Troy Tulowitzki. But I don't, I don't know if he's still there. Stricky, so. wrap us up at third base. Now, you, you're probably going to think this is controversial again, but it was a... Oh, I'll let you know. You know, by <laughs> numbers or by, you know, I think the greatness of his career, I would have probably say Wade Boggs. Gotcha. Um, but, um, you know, Wade Boggs was tremendous, hitting over 328 for uh batting average for his career a couple of golden gloves and uh you know won a couple of batting titles i mean so you, you look at Wade box he was phenomenal but then i also just want to throw in cal ripkin you know even though cal ripkin was mostly a second yeah. he did play third i think cal ripkin jr was just he was just an all-around winner he was a perennial all-star he was somebody that when he when it was time to show up he showed up he's the iron man of the league and that's why i go with him i like it third base for me was a fun one to go through the first couple names I thought of were Nolan Arenado and Manny Machado, mm-hmm. um, especially recently. Did have to throw Alex Bregman into that conversation, um, even though he's, you know, again, with the Astros, all that stigma sort of thing. But as I did more research, I think the guy that I have to end up going with, even though he hasn't played in, what would it be? Six years Six now? Years. Adrian Beltre. Bingo. Like, he was just so good from 2010 to 2016. Still had a role to play in uh, 2017 and 2018 as he finishes out his career in Texas. One, two, three, four-time All-Star, finished third in MVP voting um, in 2012. One, two, three Silver Sluggers, three Gold Gloves as well in that time. So I I, I like Nolan Arenado. I think he's the best third baseman right now. I love Manny Machado. I think he makes that a close competition. Mm -hmm. Bregman obviously played his role in Houston as well, but it's hard to argue with what Adrian Beltre did in the 2010s. I'm going Adrian Beltre too. Um, Everything he said, but then also from 2010 to 2018, uh, since that's kind of our time frame that we're going off of, I did some research. He averaged eight errors a season, which is incredible. He wasn't, I mean, he was fine with the bat. Great defender, great defender, great personality for, for the game of baseball in that time as well. And, and so Adrian Beltre, there was one year, and to tell you this, there was one year in there, I think it was like 2015, potentially he had 17 errors. And so had double his average in just one season, which means, I mean, he, there were seasons where he had three, he had four the entire season. And it's not like he was injured. He was durable, um, played for, for close to 20 years. So I'm going Adrian Beltre as well. All right, Strick, one more time, run through your team for us. Oh, at catcher, I went with uh, Mike Piazza. First base went with Frank Thomas. Second with Ozzie Smith. Uh, shortstop with Derek Jeter. And third base with Cal Repkin Jr. Love it. Nick, your team. Uh, catcher, Yadier Molina. First base, two-way tie between Albert Pujols and then uh, Anthony Rizzo for doing how much <laughs> they matter to an, an organization and a fan base. Second base, Robinson Cano with the Yankees. Shortstop, Troy Tulowitzki, and third base, Adrian Beltre. All right, my final answers were Salvador Perez, Eric Hosmer, Ben Zobra, Celcita, Escobar, <laughs> and Mike Mustafa. How about that? Moves that is a perfect 2010s infield. Especially in 2015, couldn't be better. Even 2014. Elo yeah, Zobra right. wasn't there. Yeah, exactly. Omar Shout out to, why is it Pablo Sandoval on that list, Austin? You know why Pablo Sandoval is not on that <laughs> list today. Posey, Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> Massive Bumgarner could do it all. He, he hits home runs too. He could. Nick, thanks for playing along. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Stricky, appreciate the history lesson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that'll do it. Again, let us know your list. I'll tweet it out. Uh, tag Strick and Nick in it. Let us know whose team wins, Strick's, Nick's, or mine. I'll get that up in a sec. We'll take a break. We're going to play the shootout with Strick when we come back. 402 464 5685. Call now if you beat Strick in trivia. 
You win $30 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. Call now. We'll play the game next. 